Hello, everyone, and welcome to Challenge Talk, part of the Geocache Talk Network. We broadcast live on the first Thursday of each month. Feel free to jump over to YouTube or Facebook to watch the broadcast live and join our wonderful and active chat room or listen to the entire show on your favorite podcast player. In this episode, the last of 2020, we'll be chatting about the highs and lows of challenge caching throughout the year. We also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. Between each show, be sure to email your challenge cash finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. And later in the show, as usual, we also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, the Wheel of Challenges. <laughs> so listen live, get your email app ready, and follow instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize, a one-year membership to Project GC. We are your hosts, Emily, Renee, and Jeff from Cash the Line, or the Bruce Zero. <laughs> Good so, evening, everyone. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing great, despite 2020. <laughs> <laughs> the dumpster fire. <laughs> the dumpster fire of the year. The, that is this year. <laughs> it is this year. Have you completed any challenges this month? We always ask uh, the listeners, but we never, you know, have you and I completed challenges this month? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, we just came out of a lockdown, uh, oh. not traveling very much at all. No, I haven't. I found a new one somewhat close ah. to me, so I can aim to to go for it, but haven't done any. How about you? Um, I actually, I so the month before that, there was a new challenge that I thought I qualified for, but not quite, and it was to find a cache on every day of the month the calendar month date from one to 31. Oh yeah. Any, any month of having a tree climb attribute. And I was like, Oh, I find tree climbs all the time. And I check, I'm like maybe two thirds done. There's still, oh. there's still uh, like 10, 12 days left scattered around the entire month. And I just missed the last day. So <gasps> November was the month <laughs> to complete that. So that was my target for November. Um, are there yeah. enough tree climb caches to fill it? <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. Oh. I haven't encountered a tree climb in years around me. I wouldn't be able here, to do it. Yeah, we've got quite a few people who love to climb trees. So within within an hour of home, there are probably still hundreds and hundreds oh, good. of tree climbs. Sounds fun. Yeah, You can have tree climbs down to one and a half, two terrain yeah. <laughs> rating. Yeah, not too hard. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we all we like to start off with just a quick little community question sometimes, and this month we have one coming in from Zuthorn Rolo, and his or her his question I believe it was is if I sign a challenge cash without qualifying, say perhaps in Maine, and qualify when I get home, when did I find it? This is kind of a throwback to uh, the prior talk topic we had about uh, geocaching etiquette, when mm -hmm. to log and when to make a, make notes and whatnot. And uh, so the, the kind of the, the example here was that um, logging the find when you qualify, which could be perhaps days or weeks or months after signing, it could dramatically alter your cache to cache distance. Uh, in this case, it could qualify for another challenge. Right. <laughs> so... When do you log the find if you qualify for it long after you've actually been to the cache? I log it the date I qualify um, because 
according to the rules, I haven't found, uh, how do I say that? I haven't <laughs> qualified, therefore I'm not mm -hmm. eligible to find it, even though I physically found the container and the rule says I can log the thought, log the log. Signed the log. <laughs> so many nuances, huh? The, hence the question. <laughs> yeah. So all that to say, I log it when I qualify. Typically yeah. the day that I qualify. So if I realize I qualified two days after a big caching day, I'd still log it two mm -hmm. days ago. Mm -hmm. And see, and, and that's the catch with this because uh, a one of the stats that's been around for a while is that cache to cache distance. So all that does right. is in order of your find logs, it takes the distance from GPS coordinates of those caches. So if you log a note on the day that you were at that cache, which was a challenge, and you qualify after you've gone halfway around the world, and then you log that as a find, you'll have caches found in that area of the world and then one way back over here that you were never at that same day and then next back over where you are again so you're gonna have that big huge loop because right right to cash to cash distance is now thrown out of whack and, and that's gonna really bother some people yeah and personally I, i've kind of stopped looking at that cash to cash distance um I think the solution to that if you are looking and you care about that cash to cash distance is have a personal trackable and have that dip into the caches that you want to track the distance from cache to cache. Right. Uh, it won't necessarily. Yeah, I personally be... haven't paid uh, either paid attention to that stat too much. That one hasn't really mm -hmm. resonated to me. I just go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it had a lot more meaning before challenge caches came around because that whole uh, log a note and then find when you qualify that offset kind of throw, throws a whole wrench into that cash to cash distance stat. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, it was a great question because yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's, there's no avoiding it. <laughs> right. It's just the right. way, yeah, it's just how things are now. So that was a good question. Thank you for that. So if you have a question that uh, you want to explore or see how, uh, see, see how we might answer or pose the question to other people, then by all means, send an email to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and we will most likely chat about it on air. Mm -hmm. So we also move into the challenge statistics update from Project GC. Every month we check to see what uh, what's changed in the world of challenge caches, listings and scripts and everything. And Project GC provides a little bit of information for interest's sake. And so as of today, which is December 3rd, looking at the stats compared to last month's, we now have 5,560 active scripts. That is up 133 scripts from last month. So that's new challenge ideas. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, who, how, <laughs> what new ideas are leading to 133 new scripts? That's amazing. <laughs> Do these... you... Do you have to search a script before you create your own? So are perhaps people creating something that already exists? Yeah, it makes me wonder if there's like, maybe somebody thinks they can program the script better or faster, and that could be a new script, a different way of uh, well, calculating Yeah, and even the challenge that I just noticed on the map, and I figured out I qualify for, it's all about Oregon. So if you did the same challenge in every one of the 50 states, that's 50 new scripts. So mm -hmm. there's that but angle. Yeah, and there are a few scripts that are super flexible. 
So if it's the same thing in multiple states, you might have a parameter. You could say use this state or use that province or that country. So it, it Tom never, says, are they new scripts or improvements? So that's another thing, improving something that right. already exists. So n not right. necessarily like copying, but I like that they could be improving them too. Yeah. So this, if this active, well, it's active scripts. It could be that, yeah, they might rewrite the script and make it better. And the old one might still be active, but not used anymore. Right. Um, we've seen some challenges. If you look at the listing and you've got that project GC plugin for the browser, it lists all of the checkers that are associated with that GC listing. And sometimes there's multiple. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that could very well be interesting number. So next up, we've got unique challenges set at 34,645, which is up 519. This is worldwide stats as well. Mm -hmm. So that's 519 uh, new different parameter sets. So like we just mentioned, if, uh, if a script allows using the same, um, same challenge for a different location, then you just change one parameter. It's the same script, two different caches, but two different parameters. Uh, <laughs> active tags, 41,728 is up 640. So that is new geocache challenge, challenge cache listings. So they're still going up. And out of curiosity, I checked Ontario, and we're actually down three in a month. Down three tags? Down three challenge caches. Oh, challenge caches. Yeah. And thinking back, we really haven't had many challenge caches published in the past month or two even. It's been slow here, and we have so many people who love challenges. Hmm. If we're checking the uh, prior way of identifying challenges, then if we're looking for... Uh, mystery caches with challenge in the title worldwide there are now 29,870 that's down 128 from last month so potential archived caches you're saying yeah yeah and on the flip side challenge caches that have the challenge attribute are at 29,771 which is up to 193 so almost 200 more so th this is where there's that difference because now we've got the attribute people are adding the attribute to challenges so that should be going up and all these challenges these caches with challenge in the name that aren't actually challenge caches <laughs> might be getting archived or right, could, could right any number of reasons those numbers are starting to sync up so it's interesting looking at those because even with the attribute you still need challenge in the name that's part of the rules right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so that that number shouldn't go any less than, or any fewer than uh, the number of caches the attribute. with the attribute. Mm -hmm. yeah. But they should hopefully get closer and closer. So today's, tonight's, this month's topic <laughs> is <laughs> the highs and lows of 2020. It's the end of the year. It's the last month and the last podcast for 2020. And a number of things have changed, have been slightly updated with challenge caches. So we thought we'd just go over some of the new things and... Uh, well, I think there's only one big low that's kind of affected everything. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, those lockdowns all over the world. How many people have had their uh, challenge caching goals affected by that? Right. And, you know, I was thinking about this ahead of time. And uh, and Bud says a little bit similar to what I was thinking, how it's affected me. He says, I'm attending an event enforcement Fort Smith, Arkansas, and need to check the local challenges. And that's where it's affected me. Um, 
I travel and when I travel, I plan ahead. That's part of the fun of the trip. What challenges are in the area I'm going to be in or what unique caches do they have that are going to help me meet a challenge I know about. Mm -hmm. So by not preparing for anything, my preparation for challenge caching has naturally gone down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if, you, if we know that we're not going to be doing a lot of traveling, then we're not necessarily even checking up on our progress on, on some challenges. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really miss that. <laughs> going on road <laughs> trips and, and picking I know, out. the yeah. big Seattle, British Columbia trip I was going to go on. <laughs> and then to Rome, Georgia. Yeah, all of that was just gone. And I, mm. I didn't plan. I like to plan for something tangible. And so when those got canceled, I just didn't plan very much either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like every, every road trip, every vacation, there was always something, some caches that would lead to a qualification of a challenge. I don't, I, I'm not, I, I'll have to check on that. I wonder if there's any uh, vacation since I started doing challenge caches where I didn't in some way qualify for mm -hmm. some challenge out there, e easy or hard, whatever. I mean, that's the, the, the primary goal was to look for qualifying caches for challenges. Right, right. We miss that, especially old ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can yeah. Get, always can always never to find honest. too many old caches. And it's not even about Jasmine caches necessarily. It's just those old caches are so rare that you don't want to miss. You know, yeah, they're special. Them. The community has kept them alive for a reason. Um, mm. It's it feels like a special trek that you share. I just had a caching friend here from here in Oregon go on a gigantic road trip and he was posting daily updates and he was going to all these caches either by old date or favorite points and I had been there too and what's the odds that I we went to the same cache in Mississippi but because of this value that our community places on them so it's it's really neat mm -hmm. yeah looking for high favorites as well yeah just mm -hmm. yeah that's that's one thing and are, are the uh, state borders locked or any kind no, of? No, you know, we, I haven't read. Travel. Yeah, I haven't read the 50s, an update for all 50 states lately, but there's just mainly suggestions. I'm not sure if Hawaii's gotten tighter. They were maybe the mm. tightest, um, mm. but not necessarily locked. Yeah. Yeah. Because up in Canada, Ontario is huge. And so we've got a lot of land to drive around and explore. Mm -hmm. But those west and east borders, our provinces are getting really, really tight about who's coming in and out. And, Interesting. Uh, they, they, they haven't necessarily, you know, blocked off all the roads to crossing borders. But if you get stopped for whatever reason and they wonder why you're there and you're not supposed to be, then there could be problems. Interesting. So, I had a friend move to uh, Alaska. So they were driving through Canada and they weren't allowed to go into any facility, any store. They were only allowed to get gas. It was interesting to hear about their their trek through Canada with their special permission to move to Alaska. Yeah, I remember reading about that because over in BC to get to Alaska, I think it is you ha you do have to cross through a part of BC, I think to mm -hmm. get to Alaska. Right. So there's like special exceptions just for that. Right. I feel like geocachers would take advantage of that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> just <to laughs> for sure, just to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Some roadside yeah. caches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, some of the other things that uh, might have been affected by all this are streak challenges. Right. Uh, fi finding caches where uh, 
doing monthly streaks. Maybe not necessarily daily streaks. I mean, that's fairly, that's going to be I've hard I've wondered anybody, about but. some daily streak folks, though, you know? Some can still do it based on where they live. And mm -hmm. I wonder, I have wondered this year how many streaks have died. Mm -hmm. the, the monthly ones are probably more accessible to a lot of people because you can work on getting something like one or two each month. And that frees up the rest of the month to not worry about it. Right. But uh, a lot of people I know are working on, for example, uh, first to find per month. Yeah. For monthly streaks of first to finds. Mm -hmm. And with this lockdown, with caches not getting published, the chances of finding a cache first <laughs> in one month is getting either slimmer fewer chances or so many people now st striving for the same ones that there's right. no competition. Right, right. <laughs> depending on where you live, there's yeah. lots of that depending on where you live affects a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, the other one is the day of year challenges. So the grid of finding oh, yeah. a cash on a spe specific date. And it's like if for whatever reason you can't get out, you can't find a cash on that day, uh, then it's a long wait. Done for another year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think, well, I mean, a lot of people value the um, being safe and staying home more than finding a cache, and they're willing to wait for a year. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's sure, fine. sure. Yeah. Um, so there was another new addition to the website just recently that uh, has that is relevant to challenge cachers, uh, at least who don't have their own tools for tracking, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But an ease of use feature that was added to our uh, owner statistics. So as a geocache owner, if you look at your profile and go to your statistics page, in the DT grid, you will now see that the numbers in each DT combo square are clickable. And that takes you straight to the search for all of the nearby, uh, I forget if it was within your region or distance, but all of the nearby caches that match all of the DTs you need either for that DT grid or if you click the big button that says for finding qualifying caches for your next fizzy, it will take you to uh, that list of all of the matching DTs to get your next grid. Mm -hmm. And if you, So, I mean, if you haven't completed a fizzy grid yet at all, that gives you everything you need to find to, find, to get your first fizzy grid, to fill the grid once. Right. So. And even I can imagine most people who care about it know how many times they've filled their fizzy, but it also tells you how many times. So at a quick mm -hmm. glance, um, you can see that stat as well without counting or visually, visually searching. Yeah. And uh, so that comes in really, really handy. And I'm just going to bring this up to show for the YouTube in case anybody has not looked at it yet. Uh, so if you were to go to your profile, so if you go to click on your name, you go to your dashboard, and then you click on the statistics in the header, that will take to, take you to your own owner statistics. So not your public profile, but mm -hmm. your own stats. Then you scroll all the way down to the DT grid. You now have a nice badge that tells you how many uh, how many times you've completed your grid. And then fill in your grid again button that will give you all of the DTs to get the next fizzy loop, as some call it. And if you were to click on one DT combination, you'd get a search just for that DT. So for example, uh, with mine, I'm at 33, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> fill your grid again to get grid 34. 
there's 2300 so yeah change the filters it is uh within nope within a distance okay so it is 16 kilometers from home just basic your basic search and it shows you all of the caches that match for me it's just one dt it's a 5-4 so all of these are difficulty terrain 5-4 uh, there we go difficulty yep 5-4 caches all of them so very helpful if you're working on fizzy grids yeah for sure and we've got someone in the chat we have just finding our way saying he just got a first to find today so jasmine is up to date i was talking before <laughs> the show i have this small amount of anxiety when am i going to get to fill that december grid december 2020 box <laughs> on my jasmine grid and until i do i might just have that small anxiety waiting for it <laughs> it's always worse when you just finish the jasmine for a challenge on the last day of a month and then it ticks over the next yes. month. Yes, <laughs> just gone again. <laughs> um, so another new addition to our challenge caching uh, repository <laughs> feature list is, um, or allowable challenges, I guess you could say, is earlier this year they allowed challenges based on the weekday. So Sunday to Saturday or Monday to Sunday. <laughs> All seven days. So now you can have challenges kind of like day day numbers of the month or day numbers of the year, day numbers of the week. And uh, which makes sense because it's only a week long uh, cycle to try mm -hmm. again if you missed it. A lot better than a year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when that first happened, uh, I immediately took to placing a couple of caches that were attribute challenges. So you had to, had to find a certain number of um, caches with those attributes on each day of the week. And I saw a whole bunch more pop up as well in Ontario, and it just got really, really popular. Good. <clears throat> so having that, that gives another variety. And I, I kind of like that because yeah, you can uh, take your calendar and just mark off. Uh, I need X number of caches with this attribute or, or whatever property on this day of the week. And then if you miss it, just drop it down to the next month. And there's your reminder right. for the next next week. Yeah, good. So it was pretty cool. It was, I, I'm glad that they allowed that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then we also had the challenge attribute added, which was at the end of August. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, they had to be, they weren't added automatically initially. They were rolling out a script to add them to challenges and so we saw those numbers slowly climb to match our only other way of counting challenges by title and cache mm -hmm. type. And now they're pretty much in sync. I think reviewers would say that given a, f a few exceptions, it should be uh, consistent now. Um, so that was a <laughs> challenge attribute was a big debate how to identify challenges. A lot of people want cache type. A lot of people want an attribute. Um, there were some other ideas, which I won't mention because they're all in the forums. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, attribute makes a lot more sense than cache type. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot less work on HQ's backend as well. Right, right. Because then you've got to think about things like the GPX files and icons and graphics and all these third-party things that would have to get updated. Mm -hmm. It's a whole lot of work to add a new cache type. 
as opposed to just an attribute, which if things are programmed well and backwards compatible, then it's just a matter of inserting a new, a new piece of data. Things I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the techie end. Okay. <clears throat> so being near the end of the year, I thought it'd be also cool to take a look at uh, some of the top performing or most favorited or most popular challenge caches of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a few ways to look at that. Um, and there's not a lot of ways to pull up worldwide statistics for that. <laughs> so first of all, if we look at challenges with the most favorite points. So the thing is, we don't get when favorite points were added to a mm -hmm. cache. Right. So ultimately, that's of all time, the uh, caches as of now that have the most favorite points. And thankfully, um, Project GC has an easy way of displaying that. And I'm just pulling it up right now. There is a tool to view the top favorite caches. And so on uh, for listeners, I'm showing the, uh, the Project GC interface to, sh to do a search for caches. If you look for the filters and expand, you can add the cache type, an unknown cache, uh, and you can choose to hide archive caches and the cache name. Now, this was something that I discovered today. Project GC's cache name filter is case sensitive. So oh. I'm, not I'm not sure if there's a way around that. So if you do a search with a lowercase c for challenge, it only pulled up caches that had the lowercase c. Not right. The c. Right. So the little trick. The catch. Don't include the c. <laughs> so because looking, it'll still pull. <laughs> yeah. You're looking for caches with challenge in the name. <laughs> Because they don't have the option to filter for attributes just yet, unfortunately. I would assume. Do that they're you think they're that. building that? That seems logical. They I seem to so. keep up with everything. Right. So you add those filters in, and then hit filter and get the results, and we have our list of top favorited caches worldwide. Oh, one is so leading the pack there. Now, see, the only problem you got to remember is that <laughs> discovered this as well. Just doing the search for this episode. Again, this is all unknown caches with Hallinge in the name. Uh-huh. And looking at some of these caches, there's a pattern. Okay. Over, over Overseas in uh, Europe and European countries, apparently it's very popular to name, I guess, puzzle series as challenges. Oh. So a lot of these are just puzzle caches that are part of a series of puzzle caches. Okay. <laughs> but they're called. So you had to dig through the, the list. <laughs> yeah, you had to dig through a list to find actual challenges. And interestingly, the top four that uh, from this list, the top four are all in Germany. <laughs> the ultimate geocaching destination, right? We uh, all yeah. need to go to Germany at some point. I mean, there's yeah. several, but Germany is definitely one of them. They are highly active over there. Mm -hmm. The so those top four, they've got uh, 16 states in one day. 32,000 favorite points over 20 caches. That, I mean, that's, that's just nuts. You know, I, I read that before the show and I thought, what? But if I'm sitting here saying I've got to go to Germany because they have some amazing caching, then of course they've got caches yeah. with some high favorite points. It's just, and those just are the ones we're going to find. Yeah, 20 caches with an average of 1,600 favorite points each. I mean, that's, that's active. Because the next one... <laughs> 
is to complete one fizzy grid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the third third most favorite points challenge challenge cache in the world is a German one to complete one fizzy grid. <laughs> and the next one is to is one of the more complex ones, an older one that lists off seven criteria you need to qualify for. Uh, seven criteria of which you need to qualify for two in order to qualify oh, okay. for the challenge. But outside of Germany, the fifth one is in che- Czechia. Is it Czechia or Czechia? Czechia? Che- Czechia. Shoot. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Czech, Czechs, cause, yeah, that was the one that had some changes. Um, and that's uh, hmm. GC4Q636. And that one's to spell your username with cache titles. So I, those were with cash titles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That one is one of those uh, old uh, bookmarking style challenge caches right, that aren't right. allowed now. But uh, I've, and I think some I've seen folks a have a clear right advantage on that, depending on the length of their <laughs> cash name. <laughs> yeah, a three-letter name would be great. Yeah. <laughs> and similarly, the sixth is in the United States in Ohio. It is probably a fairly well-known cache, the NASCAR Challenge. And that's and the, Tim knew that. Yeah, he named it. <laughs> that's where you have to find caches where in the GC code they contain the numbers of the championship, the championship numbers of the NASCAR races in okay. the cache IDs. So it's another bookkeeping one, but it uses the GC code instead of the cache the cache title. So I've seen similar ones to that. I wonder why this one in Ohio is such a favorited one. Yeah, so popular. It's it's uh, in Ohio, and I, it was near uh, Geo Woodstock. So it may be... So maybe we got a ton of hits that year, or that yeah. month. Yeah. I'm thinking that's probably how it really shot up. And again, we can't necessarily... Unless you do a cross-reference, I mean, you can download all of the find logs and then mark off which ones have favorite points, and then you get a cross-section of when they were assigned. But, um, Maybe we need some of us will take up new statistic hobbies while we're still in our homes in this one of the, moment uh, in time. <laughs> one of these third-party website tools should probably write a script to see if they can uh, give you a um, yeah near near Midwest GeoBash. That's where it is. Um, give a, a script that'll give you a, a graph of when favorite points were all assigned, just to see yeah. what kind of activity. Yeah. It's feasible. I could I could see it happening. <laughs> Tim also said it's a very cool cache and container to go with the challenge. So that always helps. Um, when oh, you yeah. put that little bit of extra effort in, people love it. Yeah, for sure. If it's got a good theme, that's another topic we've got in the list for yeah. another show. <laughs> <laughs> um, about uh, themed challenge caches. So another one is to look at just caches published in 2020 with the most favorite points. And similarly, it's the same parameters, except we're adding the hidden date from Mm -hmm. January 1st, 2020 to December 31st, 2020. And filtering that gives us the list of all of the 2020 caches with the most favorite points. And I think in this case, that filters out a lot of the older puzzle caches with challenge in the name, I think. Mm -hmm. And so there are still a few, but as you can see on the list, Sudoku challenges are the top three. (laughs) (laughs) But the first one that uh, isn't a puzzle 
with the most favorite points is in Switzerland with 111 favorite points. No, have 111 difficulty and terrain 1-1 caches. That's 111 1-1 caches. The Mickey Mouse challenge. <laughs> Number 54. <laughs> 56 favorite points. Have 111 DT 1-1s. Okay. Fairly simple, but somehow mm-hmm. that is the most popular. Has the most. But again, points. there's a theme. One, mm-hmm. one, 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 one. Yeah, yeah. And so this also raises another point: is we don't know why people award favorite points. Right. Right. And it's not so much related to challenges, but if you're looking for popular challenges, you might find a very simple challenge that isn't all that interesting, but the cash container is really cool and mm-hmm. that's what got the yeah you points. might not know until you get there why it's interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then number two most favorite points published in 2020 is once again back in germany and it is finding seven types in seven countries nice so that's another one of those challenges that's kind of contained to overseas <laughs> to the europe area. right they have a bit of advantage there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the third most is also in Germany, finding Ooh. 50 multi-caches of terrain four and up. That's cool. And that kind of doesn't surprise me that it's in Germany based yeah. on some of the things I've heard about caching over there. Yeah. I mean, if you were to go to YouTube and look for geocaching videos that are not from Canada or the United States, you, you would probably find that most of them are fairly extreme. Yeah. And you know, I, I love the geocaching community on Instagram mm-hmm. and there are so many pictures of you very unique or high terrain things. Mm-hmm. I follow yeah, some people who, who, who love to do uh, tree climbs that do require uh, climbing gear, arborist mm-hmm. gear. Um, there's a lot more, uh, there are a lot more um, um, bunkers over there as well right? that mm-hmm. are either abandoned or deteriorating. A lot of ruins, uh, old buildings that are abandoned, and people explore them. And having different laws and bylaws means that there could be a lot more freedom to go exploring right. and do things freely without repercussions. So right, right. 40, well, we had we had Team Demp do some on the spot research for us, and they say yes, you can create a Project GC custom filter for the challenge cache attribute. And add that to your top favorite filter. So, okay. So I had been looking at that, but I hadn't explored too deeply. There is the filter for custom filter, which I'm showing on the video right now. And in here, you would create a custom filter separately. Uh, I had only created one for another, uh, another task. So I hadn't looked into that. So we'll have to look into that a little deeper. But yeah, you could go and create a custom filter apparently, and include attributes, which is excellent. Mm -hmm. So um, the only other way that, well, arguably the only other way to find caches that you think are worth the favorite points (laughs) that are interesting, uh, because there's debates about whether favorite points are indicative of a really great cache or uh, whether it's the percentage of favorite points to finds because sometimes you could have 2,000 finds on a cache with 100 favorite points. And that's more than a cache with 
20 fines, and 15 favorite points. Which one is better? How would you rate that? So there's um, this other concept called the Wilson score, which does a balance between lots of fines and the ratio of favorite points to fines. So some people go by that. And Project GC does have a filter for that as well. So if you were to go to the two, uh, where was it? No, it was in tools. No, statistics. Uh, cash stats, top favorite, Wilson. And that'll give you the search by the Wilson scores. So uh, let me pull this up. I've got the properties already set to find the top challenge caches, at least with challenge in the title around the world that begin that that include Hallenge. <laughs> <laughs> and we are we pull up the most in the world that have the best Wilson score. Uh, so this one I think is a little more indicative and we kind of see how the how it balances out. So in this case, again this isn't just 2020, this is all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I add the date? No, it didn't. Okay. So this is all time. And the number one challenge cache with the highest score, according to Wilson in Project GC, is in New Jersey. It's GC3DY2A, where it's the 24-hour challenge. It's a 93% um, ratio. And that challenge is to find... Sounds simple, 24 caches in 24 hours, but it's one per hour. One per hour. So you're (laughs) up for a whole day. Yes. That's a little different. I like it. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of people will go to the ET highway, ET trail, and uh, do a 24-hour cache rush to get as many Mm -hmm. in one day. Right. That's one thing. But if you're just trying to get a cache every hour, you can't stop and take a nap like you you would have to (laughs) very short nap (laughs) yeah you could potentially uh 1201 to 158 if you're dairy yeah (laughs) just get two really close to each other just over the hour and then you've got two hour gap between them you could do that too (laughs) the tricks people do to optimize their challenge caching (laughs) we do it we do these things We had to, pop, had to pop in for a second. Breaking yeah. news. Yeah. Gary's Breaking in news. the house. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm at Santa's workshop. <gasps> so yes, you are. <laughs> I am. So I wanted to pop in and just say hi to you guys and thank you so much for uh, all that you're doing. Hello. <laughs> um, and I noticed you're talking about Wilson. Yes. So I had yes. to mention oh. I had to I had to put in a cheesy uh, shameless plug for the book. <laughs> 201 yes. geocache before you die. And it's based on the Wilson, which you're talking about, which is really cool. And that 24-hour challenge is, and I guess you were about to talk about how uh, how the Wilson is a really good uh, measure because of it being in um, – an algorithm. Mm-hmm. But I was mm-hmm. trying to think of the right word for it. Yeah. Basically, it's it says if you have a if you have found it and you had a favorite and you were capable of giving it a favorite point, did you give it a favorite point? Mm-hmm. And it basically does an algorithm based on mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. anyway, so all right, third edition. Nels is asking next year, buddy. Next year. <laughs> so 
All right, it's I'm, I'm done. I'm done bothering y'all. We will see you guys <laughs> Sunday. 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 And Sunday. Yeah, and these two, they will be on a team together for one of the ch- one of the games that we're playing, but they're going to be on separate teams for a different one because. <laughs> Jeff will be on eastbound, eastbound and down team, <laughs> and Emily will be on the West Side Story people. So, all right, carry on. Thank you so much. We will see everybody on Sunday from 4 p.m. to midnight. Let's give money to St. Jude and let's raise eight thousand dollars. So, all right, let's yeah. do it. Thanks, thanks, Gary. For, thanks, guys. Bye. Popping in. We will mention that again, just as a reminder later on as well. Yes, because it's important. <laughs> So uh, we'll, we'll see with these top three based on the Wilson uh, how, that, how that score is kind of affected by the number of fines and the percentage. Mm-hmm. The second most uh, highest Wilson score is in Germany. So that first one in New Jersey has 54 favorite points. But the second place has 87 favorite points. Yeah. So the favorite points are going up. <laughs> so the one in Germany is a 360 challenge. So if you haven't seen those... Um, it's, um, it's a, it is a special script that Project GC created, uh, that tells you where your caches are found in relation to a center point by degree. Right. So looking at the cache listing here, they have an image of what the 360 looks like. So the cache itself is the center point and there's 360 degrees and you have to find a cache in each of those degrees around the center point it's kind of a pop growing popularity uh challenge and i think i've seen it for based from where you live too have you is, am i if remembering that, right if so that would be pre-moratorium oh okay i think because it's uh, because that's a privacy concern the cash owner can't wouldn't be able to require that okay right unless you can just that provide arbitrary coordinates so, or yeah, it maybe it's just something stuff. personal to work on. Yeah, most likely that too. Um, and we have one in Ontario, which I'm, I think, about 30 or 40 degrees from finishing. And it's all on the farthest end. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Word chip. <laughs> so that was in Germany. And the next one, number three, is back in the USA, in New Hampshire. It has 118 favorite points. And it's uh, 234... Uh, town of new hampshire so it, it's uh finding a cat 234 counties of new hampshire let me just double check that uh finding a cache in each that of the seems like a lot of, of new counties hampshire. new hampshire a very little place challenge yeah um in order to complete this challenge to log the cache as a fine you must first find a cache in all 234 towns that town is towns of new it's hampshire. not counties <laughs> this was published in 2011 which is pre-moratorium which means it's kind of arbitrary rules. So you have to provide your own evidence, your own proof of qualification. But I like that, especially for a mm-hmm. state that isn't so big. And we've got someone in the chat, Curious KBDs completed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that one, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have to have a, a way of determining what, the, what town the cache is in. So you'd have to have borders, uh, that sort of thing. Right, um, which is why we can't write that script for current challenge yeah, the, requirements. The cash listing links to a page, uh, the New Hampshire 234 challenge calculator, and that 
Let me just pull it up and see. So I think, yeah, you would upload your pocket query. So this is the way a lot of older challenge caches work. You would upload your MyFinds pocket query and the, that script, whoever wrote it, would parse your entire cache find history to determine if you qualify. And before we had checkers, I actually did that for a few challenges uh, locally as well because it got really tedious to do it manually. <laughs> but when those my finds PQs get to be huge megabytes or uncompressed tens, potentially hundreds of megabytes in size, mm-hmm. it's just it's yeah, it's just too much. Gotcha. So, but this nice. is the kind of challenge that speaks to me. If if I were anywhere nearby, I would totally be working on that one. I love a map based mm-hmm. challenge. I like that one. Yeah, it's it's great for locals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Curious KBD says also that the owner uh, runs it once a week. Runs so, it? Oh, ru- yeah. Runs the script. Mm-hmm. On his own stats or any somebody else's stats? I don't know. Runs the script. But a good active cash owner, so that's good. Yeah. So... The reason why these these caches grew in favorite points is because I'm just going to double check. There's more and more finds. The, the like the ratio is different. So right. that New Hampshire 234 has uh, 125 finds with 118 favorite points. That's 96 percent. Mm-hmm. The one in Germany. Double checking this, the so the second place has ninety fines with eighty seven, so it's a ninety ninety eight percent average with a ninety two Wilson, and the New Jersey, the number one cash by Wilson score, has fifty four fines and fifty four favor points. So that's that's a rate. So if you're going by favor points only, that hundred percent would be uh, not first place because right. it's only got 54 favorite points. But the cash with higher fines but a lower ratio scores less, scores, uh, yeah, less on mm-hmm. the Wilson. So it kind of shifts things around a bit. It's complicated to explain. It's but geeky, there's, but there's it's other fun. Because well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now that sounds like it's based on, on just on the percentages, but there are some exceptions where things do get kind of messy. So you just kind of trust that the Wilson alg- algorithm is mm-hmm. accurate. <laughs> right, right. And so with that, that's that's the top for all time and most favorite points in 2020. Um, are you working on any challenges that require caches found on specific dates? You know... I filled in a lot of those types of, um, without streaking very much. I filled mm-hmm. in a lot of those date ones. And the one that I've chosen not to put any care into, <laughs> I don't know if that's the way to say it, <laughs> the birthday challenge. I just, really? I, I like it. I'm glad it's out there. I feel like it just might be a bit too much to chase after. It, I can't just go and find that cache based on my criteria of I need a day. I have to wait and save that cache. And how far is that cache away from me? So I don't know. It just hasn't Mm -hmm. spoken to me as I love a good challenge, 
if the challenge speaks to me. And that's hard <laughs> to define. <laughs> you you got to make a big advent adventure out of it. It helps if that cash is something that's really cool and not just a, a simple little mundane kind of cash. Right, right. But uh, yeah, those ones, I guess, would be a lot fewer and far between. That's You're talking yeah, about the one where it's a cash placed on the same date of the year that you started cashing? No, it's the where you find the cash based on the month day that it was hidden. So the cash hides birthday. Oh, okay. okay. So I need to find the cash hidden on December 1st, on December 1st of any other year. Right, right. Okay. That's another I, one I of those. I think that's how I understand it. <laughs> I think that's another one of those terms that uh, has a few meanings. Right, on context, for sure. Birthday. Yeah, kind of like lonely caches. Some people think a lonely cache or use the term for lonely cache as uh, meaning um, unfound for a certain amount of time. Some people use it as distance wise. There's nothing else. Oh, interesting. I've only heard of it for time. Yeah. And so th there's a few different variations, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> there was another a, a question that I had. I would love to see that I don't think, I don't know of a tool that exists yet, uh, or at least easily. And that is to potentially see a graph of uh, when challenge caches were published over time. Because I think it'd be interesting to see, uh, like compare year after year and just see how, how, how much challenge caches are being published, what the trends are, that's that a, sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and that's like a, a worldwide stat, though. I was looking in Project GC and without deep diving into unlisted uh, URLs and tools and whatnot, I couldn't find anything that would uh, give like a breakdown of publishes by month or by year. Uh, I could be missing something, but that is a question to pose our chat room and to listeners. If you know of a tool that can graph those statistics, that would be interesting to see. Yeah, because geocaching definitely has seasons based on mm -hmm. a variety of factors, based on uh, geography, the people participating. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that I, I would like to know that data. I think I've seen some uh, reviewers or lackeys post some internal graphics, some basic graphics that are plotting the number of Fun. caches hidden and stuff, uh, just as interesting statistics to look at. But it would be it would be good to see that as a tool that we could access. That would be mm -hmm. just informational, but yeah. nice to look at. <laughs> We've got Eric in our chat room saying he's close to finishing the birthday challenge and did it all by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I ran my stats and saw how empty that chart was for me. Plus, it didn't resonate with me. So, yeah, that's why I'm not paying attention to that challenge. Now, you see, Eric could also be an FTF hound. Could be. And if you're an FTF hound, you could potentially. You... Well, no, it's <laughs> by date hidden. Hidden, yeah. So it has published. to get published on the same day. True yeah. Enough. True. So. True, true. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to do a lot of beta testing. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> well not even that would work because you would still log it found after it was published so forget that idea no you'd, you'd actually have to work at it yeah well good job eric <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any other questions or topics we mention this all the time we love to hear from you send over shoot over an email to challenge cash talk podcast at gmail.com and uh, we will look at it as a future topic yeah. or just a question to chat about I want to hear about challenges in your area. Yeah. That brings us to our next segment, the ever-coveted Wheel of 
challenges. <laughs> just getting more. Who is now. going to qualify to play today? <laughs> so let's boot this thing up, and uh, we shall get ready. So get your email programs ready, because one live viewer each month is selected to face off against the wheel. You have a chance to win the grand prize, which is one year membership on Project GC. That gives you access to uh, unlimited challenge checking and a bunch of new, a bunch of other features. Can't list them all. There's an, a number of benefits to being a member at Project GC. <laughs> to enter for your chance to win against the wheel, send an email with a subject containing spin me don't forget, doesn't, spin yeah. me in this Does, email you are about to send. Yeah. Doesn't have to be all capitals, but you can yell it if you want. Spin me! Followed <laughs> by your geocaching username and the answer to the following question. The first verified user gets the wheel. And your profile will be checked live on Project GC on the show. And if you qualify, you will win. So, here is your question. This is a little more work. It sounds bad, but it's a little more than the questions <laughs> in past shows. So it might be a little bit of a thinker. It's so we'll see not how long it takes. simple, but it's not too hard. <laughs> right. So here is the question. As of today, how many months are required to have a cache placed in logged as found to qualify for the Jasmine challenge? Coming up with the grammar for this challenge, this question. <laughs> right. It was, it was fun. It is short, as few words as possible. How many months are required to have the cache placed in, logged as found, to qualify for the Jasmine Challenge? So if you recall what a Jasmine Challenge is, it's finding a cache that's placed in every month since geocaching began, which was trivia question, but everybody knows, May of 2000 <laughs> until the current month. How many months is that? It's kind of, I, I, had, I had to think about it. I actually had the wrong answer when I was going through this because I, I miscalculated and... Uh, I got thrown by the, uh, you know, that whole year thing. Right. <laughs> and I'm not the only one, it seems. <laughs> Are so, you getting some answers? I'm getting some answers. And I've had, oh, we have an answer. All right. And we have a winner. It is Curious KDB. Ooh, all and right. The answer is indeed 248. Because the, uh, you would think... That it's 19 years because, well, it's 2020, there's 19 years, and then 2000. But that year thing just messes you up. It's actually 20 years plus the first year. Mm -hmm. 1 to 10, 11 to 20, plus 2000. So it's 20 years times 12 months plus the 8 months of 2000, which is 248. So good job, Curious KDB. We will see what happens when we spin the wheel. Let me get this question off so that you can see it clearly. If you win or not. Spinning, spinning, spinning. Ooh. And it is GC9119D31. <laughs> this was the one I mentioned earlier. 31 dates of tree climbs. What are the chances that you got this cash? Okay, so GC9119D. And loading it up. Challenge, not a day without a tree climb in Ontario 
published by Carnegie Rule. It is a five difficulty challenge cash. <laughs> Curious KDB <laughs> says, nope, you, you don't, don't even, even have, have to look. look. <laughs> have you ever climbed a tree for a cash? Curious KDB? <laughs> <laughs> and could you make this is a question I've been wondering about. Can you make a one terrain tree climb cash? I really want to know if there's a possible way oh, to do that. I don't know. My first Oops. instinct is no, because how do you climb right, by the like definition of climb? Wheelchair accessible. <laughs> Tom says, can you cut them down first? <laughs> <laughs> and Curious so, KDB has found tree climb caches, just not that, not many. that many. Well, for the sake of... <laughs> interest let's say we put in the profile name curious kdb and then yeah let's see the what it is for sure gc 911d and you could use this as reference i think it lists all the dates that you still need so you don't qualify unfortunately uh but you have found five out of 31 dates so right. this particular script will list off your qualifying caches and which dates so you just have to look through the list and then mark off the days you don't have but it tells you qualifying five out of 31 failed. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. It Gives was you a new target to go for. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new month. Hey, do you need the first, second? Yeah, you need the first, second, third. <laughs> well, if you were to try it for every day in December, you would not qualify until January. No, if you did one today, January 2nd, you could qualify. Because oh, right. the 31st, True. there's a 31st today, this month. So if you're willing to climb a tree in the cold, in the dark, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I started, yeah, October. Yes, I started this one in October and it was a couple of days before the end of October and I realized, okay, I have to get one on the 31st because there isn't a 31st of November. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> you would have had to wait two months. Yeah. That's right. So I love challenges like that. They make you think. But... Congrats and final for... word from Curious KDB. I'm good. Keeping my feet on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though? There, arguably, I mean, some people may or may not abide by this etiquette. But you, if you go with groups, you could still get tree climb caches. I have done that. I watched this guy in my group climb. I can't even tell you how high it was. I would have never... I don't know. That's hard to say. <laughs> I think I would have never done it. I have mm. done a lot of things for geocaching, so you never know. Mm. But I was very thankful for that man in my group. Yeah. And, you know, my, I, my tree climb trail series of tree climbs, I knew that there would be people, groups going through it because there's so many people who don't do tree climbs. Right. And it's like, if you love tree climbs, do the tree climbs. If not, you know, whatever. Your name is in the logbook, so that's, that's the requirement. Mm -hmm. So if you're with it a group, is. go for it. Yeah, we've got uh, Bloody Cool in the chat saying uh, he does tree climbs for other people. Yeah. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun, though, because at the same time, it's like there is a teamwork ethic there because everybody's watching out for you while you're in the tree. They're going to catch you when you fall. <laughs> <laughs> they'll catch you. They'll call 911 if there's a problem. <laughs> but actually, on some of these tree climbs there where the trees are pretty short, uh, having a crew on the ground, it can be really helpful because if you have one, two, maybe three people in a tree searching, you've got all from one angle, but you can have people looking up from below trying to spot from the ground. Angles are everything with the tree mm -hmm. hides sometimes, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So don't rule out tree climbs just because you can't climb trees. <laughs> <laughs> 
So our next segment is our monthly challengers. Every month we uh, give a congratulatory shout out to listeners who email us proof of qualifying and logging challenge cash and uh, anyone who sends an email, as usual, to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and including GC code and of a cash challenge cash that you found over the past month, uh, we will look at that and potentially highlight it. So now we also have special prizes for the random winner of anybody who does this each month, and we just got them in. Do you have yours, Emily? The challenge. <laughs> I told you I'm Upside bad with mirrors. <laughs> brand new challenge talk geo coins. Nice. You just Love them. them off. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. nice. And uh, so we will send you one if you are the winner. So if you're watching this or listening, then do not forget qualify for those challenges and shoot us an email with evidence of finding it that month, and you'll be entered in the draw. So. We can't highlight every single one of them, but pick out a few of them that, uh, that, that seem interesting and worthy of a highlight on the show. So first of all, we have one, another one from Bloody Cool who has sent in GC 5K KKH. That's all how you say that one. 5K KKH. Very low. And this challenge is in Florida, and you have to find, uh, he hasn't updated for, this owner hasn't updated for broken images, which is a whole other topic. Right. But uh, this particular challenge, you have to, to claim it, you must find a cache at least 500 feet below sea level. Just one cache. Just one? Just one, but 500 feet below. And he's even provided a list of uh, qualifying caches and there's probably, I would think, there's got to be more than five around the world. But he's listed uh, the Dead Sea, which is at minus 1,362 feet. There's the Sea of Galilee, which is 709 feet below sea level. Uh, these are all in Israel. Israel? I think so. We're all in that area. Um, in the Footsteps of Jesus, the Ancient Boat is 666 feet under. Uh, another Footsteps of Jesus in Capernaum and 676 feet under. And in the Footsteps of Jesus, Tab... tab- I don't know how to say that. Yeah. Um, all that low. Yeah, I'm thinking there's more. I, oh, oh, this is why. I. This is why you've got to read the description. <laughs> These are the five caches that this cache owner has found that are. Oh, to show that them. what what can be done. <laughs> yes. But bloody cool did get his around the dead sea t- to qualify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think there's got to be more than just those five, especially if they're all more than 600 feet below. Where is this cache hidden? This one is in Florida. All right. In Os- Osceola County. Osceola? Yeah. Where is that? That's, yeah, yeah, mid-Florida, mid-state. Yeah, and it is a four and a half difficulty and two terrain. So fairly okay. straightforward, but a nice, nice difficulty, a nice uh, 500 feet. Yeah, because, you know, I live on the coast and I was thinking we're not even that low. So that was interesting to think about what might be that low. And we've seen altitude challenges where you've got to have a certain number of caches in each altitude band. And uh, and usually they go to sea level and under. So having a challenge for 500 feet below sea level, I thought was kind of unique. Yeah, for sure. Kind of rare. 
So next up, we've got one in from Kitty Catch, and it is GC8MXRM, Three Shades of Green Challenge. I like this. Yeah. And pulling this one up, the qualification. It's a five difficulty, two and a half terrain. It's hidden at the posted coordinates to qualify. Find any types of caches anywhere in the world so that your DT has. So this is a play on the fizzy grid Mm -hmm. challenge. You've got to have at least one completed fizzy grid. So 81 cells with one or more fines. Mm -hmm. You've got to have just over half with 11 or more fines. And 27 with 26 or more fines. Right. These number of fines is what gives you a different shade of green. Right. I heard someone else a few months ago referring this as to flipping my color or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I think Project GC has uh, more shades, if I recall. And uh, this was based on the geocaching stats. So your your profile stats, they only have about three or four shades. But um, and I think that number the number of cells with that shade is is fairly consistent with most people's grids, I think. Because um, obviously most are all hovering in that low DT range. Mm-hmm. So if you've got like 27 cells is uh, five, five, five by five-ish. So I mean, if you're one, two, three. But yeah, that top, top quarter quadrant. Uh, no, a little more than that. <laughs> uh, three two thirds ish <laughs> quadrant um having 26 or more fines then you're you're probably good uh it gets a little harder for uh having 11 or more fines in those high d's and high t's that that border region so i think i think it's it's a fairly fair distribution of fines oh pizza ninja has a good question this is going to be tough for those with color blindness. Is there an accessibility checker? Well, it's a hue, right? So you can still see the brightness of a hue, right? Because they're not different colors. So it'd be more like shades of gray. Okay. <laughs> Instead of so, shades of green. Yeah. <laughs> so Pizza of Ninja, gray. does that work for you? You'll, you're the one that can tell us. <laughs> if somebody's color colorblind, how would they describe their own stats? Here's a good question. Uh, so another one we have in from Norway. It is uh, sent in by John, GC80V61. And I'm probably going to butcher this, but <laughs> the title is <laughs> Challenge Urdu Negative. Okay. I, I mean, that's fairly f- phonetic. <laughs> I, can, I can hear what this is possibly about. <laughs> yes. And if anybody can read uh, Norwegian... <laughs> Uh, I had to run it through a translator, but <laughs> <laughs> the challenge is to find all 41 negative attributes. That's so cool. It doesn't look like there's um, any other filters, any other requirements. Just across your finds, you have to have uh, found at least one of all of the negative attributes. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people tend to put in the positives and not necessarily the negatives. Right. Um, there was a discussion about that in the forums talking about, uh, you know, wh- why would you put a negative on there to tell somebody not to say a tree climb, not a tree climb. And it was an, some interesting discussion. Like if you put not a tree climb, you're ki- it's almost implying that people might want to tr- try to climb the tree, but it's not don't climb the tree. Do right. Not climb the like tree. maybe this is rated really hard, but I'm not sending you in that direction. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a little bit of a tip I'm showing here is if you load up the uh, the Project GC Checker, 
you can open, you can show the tag configuration and these, this shows the parameters. So here you can see that the only parameter for this script is negative 41. Verbose is just how it describes the results. So in this case, it looks like all it's looking for is that you've found 41 negative attributes and that's it. So it doesn't mm -hmm. check to see that they're all across separate cache finds, uh, like unique finds. So like you have to have at least oh, 41 yeah, so, finds. Uh -huh. You could find one cache that has 10 of those negative attributes. So yeah, yeah, I thought that was a, a nice twist on the attribute challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, then next up, we've got one in from Runner Cacher. This one is GC3X. MT5, the Wahoo Wah challenge. <laughs> I, I don't know how they say it, but uh, my first thought was Washington State, but I see it's Virginia. So again, yeah. I can't always pick out what these challenges are going to be. <laughs> she, she's basically described as uh, at the University of Virginia, their mascot is the Cavaliers, but sometimes they refer to themselves as the Wahoos. Hmm. There's a story behind that, but I forget what it is. <laughs> arch rival the Virginia Tech Hokies but there are two very nice adventure labs in Charlottesville on the UVA campus Wahoo Wah apparently is their signature cheer so kind of like the NASCAR challenge this challenge is to find caches that start with the letters W-A-H-O-O -O and W-A okay so fairly simple straightforward <laughs> I just thought it was a funny theme Wahoo yeah, Wah fun <laughs> no idea how they say that. No, I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, for a number five, we have one from Curious KDB. It is GC1HE4E, the New Hampshire County Challenge. And this challenge is also a five difficulty, and it is to find uh, a traditional unknown and multi in each of the nine counties of New Hampshire. Okay. So it's not just finding a certain number of caches. It's, oh, and must be found on or after November 2008. So that's fine today. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so the posted, wait, so multi-puzzle caches that cross county borders will only count for the county that contains the listed coordinates. Yeah, so it's based on posted coordinates okay. of all of the caches. But a traditional unknown and multi. So it's kind of a mini well-rounded challenge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was a nice little... An in-house, uh, well-rounded challenge. In-house, yeah. <laughs> in-house, one state. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we like to highlight these variety of challenges. Some of them are might be the same in different locations, but um, I personally, I prefer challenges with a nice little twist. I mean, when, if you've seen uh, a Jasmer, one Jasmer, you've seen them all, mm -hmm. right? But if a Jasmer with a twist... Or a fizzy with a twist. I Gives you something kind of new to work on if you've already accomplished something big. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we have all of the people who have sent in emails with these uh, challenges that they've qualified for. And <laughs> the we have chosen a random winner. And this month, the winner is... Where is it? There it is. The monthly winner of the monthly winner, the monthly challenger winner <laughs> is I'm just snipe hunting. 
Congratulations. <laughs> and That's that means, great. <laughs> yep. Is that the uh, excuse for what you're doing while being very suspicious in public? <laughs> uh, I'm hoping like that's it. a name that's chosen just for geocache. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> if you don't know what snipe hunting is, Google it. It's a very popular sport. <laughs> and so we will be sending you one of these Challenge Talk geocoins. Yeah. Oh. Kind of like geocaching vlogger and uh, cache advance doing their monthly challenge, geo challenge coins. Mm -hmm. Have a similar, similar contest competition. So, uh, on that note, also like to uh, look at one challenge cache, that, like the last challenge cache that I published before the new rules for challenges were uh, uh, enacted, and that's my Iron Man Bingo Challenge, uh, and it's. If you've watched previous shows, you know what it's all about. But I like to just show it occasionally, just to give a little bit of a challenge for new new listeners. Uh, it's uh, let me get this on here: GC3D5EB. And the whole idea about this is it's all about streaking, small scale streaking, to fill in a bingo grid of themes. <laughs> and small if scale, you, but hard scale, in my yeah, opinion. <laughs> small, small but hard. <laughs> and uh, the centerpiece is 100 consecutive days of geocaching. So you have to have a 100-day streak and complete bingo rows or columns with the option of completing shapes. So if you can, you can complete a B-I-N-G-O or a row, one, two, three, four, five, or diagonals or shapes, X, I, H, and O. And there are still some slots that have not been claimed, uh, either because people have uh, claimed larger shapes that contain them or the full card. But uh, what the reason why I'm highlighting this is because I'm offering anybody who completes the entire grid, it's a rare completion, but some people have done it. Uh, anybody who completes the entire grid or the, uh, the, the shapes, the four shapes, uh, can win a special Iron Man bingo or it's just going to be iron bingo probably because <laughs> iron man is a trademark name oh. uh bingo challenge uh geocoin once i get them minted and i've promised that since the cash was published and it will happen soon <laughs> <laughs> uh but updates there haven't been any uh further updates on this since last month so if you are working on it and you think you are going to call a bingo or you're working towards a full grid let me know love to give you a shout out and uh hopefully we'll see more activity on that it's it takes a long time if you aren't crazy enough to compress everything into 100 days it'll take time some of <laughs> these are also very rare like uh what was the scuba the scuba challenge scuba slot was uh three days with a physical cache listed with the attribute for a scuba gear required do you have three scuba gear caches in, in your area? <laughs> no, I have one. <laughs> but didn't like the ET highway have scubas? Yeah. So yeah, do you accept that? If you do, <laughs> I don't know. If, I, didn't check I don't know if, if they they've changed them. or not. Yeah. But uh, if you were to do those over three days, statistically speaking. It counts. Uh, I can't <laughs> But you got to go to Nevada for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that challenge remains for anyone who wants to try to work towards completing the entire grid for a special geocoin. 
that's what we have for this show. Any closing thoughts about this whole thing? We're at the end of the year. We are. We made it. (laughs) (laughs) I've started to um, hope for what could be next year and and hope that things aren't further delayed and what, Mm. what travels will come and, uh, new areas I can cash in that aren't cashed out. And mm. um, even areas I've been to, what's changed in those areas in the time I've been away. So I'm very hopeful yeah. to put this behind us this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of also looking forward to what Groundspeak might, might have in store for souvenir uh, promotions. I always love to see what they have. Yeah. yeah for their promotions. Yeah, they're not challenge caches, but in a way, they're challenges. Right. They are challenges. They, I do them all. Whatever mm-hmm. they put in front of me, challenge accepted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That gives you a little bit of virtual something to show off. But I just like it because they give you a theme and something to work towards. Generally, it's relatively easy, but that's based on their understanding statistical analysis of worldwide geocaching. <laughs> right. Yeah. And this year, of course, they made are. things so easy, but mm-hmm. very understandably why. Yeah. Stretching things out for the entire year when it was originally just a month. <laughs> yeah. Or even I think we had a lot of days to find. Well, coming up last first, it's usually mm. only two days, one for each of those souvenirs, but they're giving a much wider range for mm. last first this time yeah. around. And there probably will not be nearly as many uh, New Year's Eve <laughs> parties and events. Right. Official, right. at least. <laughs> Official. My area always does a polar bear plunge. And uh, um, I'm curious to see if it will be officially on. And I've done it every year since I've lived here. So I, I can't stop. So I guess I'm going <laughs> out there with all the folks who are unofficially celebrating that way, too. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So another reminder again, Podcast of Hope is on Sunday on Geocache Talk Network. So make sure you tune into that. We'll have links in the uh, the show notes as well. Uh, to, so don't miss it. It's eight hours. It's like all afternoon right to midnight central. Midnight and, uh, East, East, East Central? It'll, it'll yeah. One, <laughs> yeah. It'll be 1 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> Always right. have to do that one for me at least, that one hour switch. Um, we're trying to hit $8,000 raised for the, for, uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So anything you can donate towards that will be appreciated and helpful. All goes towards the kids. So, right. Uh, and there'll be prizes for, for those who donate. Um, so a little bit of good for you guys too, but yeah, what an amazing, um, hospital, the research they do, the support they provide to families. I can't even imagine having that kind of pressure and then to have, part of it relieved with Mm -hmm. some free care is just a wonderful thing. So, you know, we're, we're just looking for $8,000. Our audience has well exceeded our goal every single Mm -hmm. year. So we can do it again this year. Yeah. And it's going to be just plain fun. Um, Yeah. Lots of guests, lots lots of of guests, fun, watch (laughs) us under pressure, watch me. I I need to win everything I play. Maybe I will. Hopefully I will. Study up before these games. We don't know what he's got in store We don't even know what the games are. So what do we study? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it'll be a good time. Yep. And our next show will be the first Thursday of January, as usual, first Thursday, and that's January 7th. So uh, mark that on your calendars and Get qualifying those challenges. Send them in by email. We love to hear from you. We do. 
the show notes will be posted shortly after. So if there's any links or any information that you're curious about, you can double check that. That'll be in the video descriptions. And uh, on that note, thanks for watching. Watching? <laughs> thanks for watching and listening. Thanks for watching and listening. <laughs> and remember, it's not about the numbers. It's about that challenge accepted. Yeah. Had to challenge accepted. <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody.